I wanted to succeed at everything I did and I would try really hard and I wanted to fit in and I wanted to do everything great. But I'm not afraid of failure because I've learned so much in my failure that has helped me to get from level to level through this journey. What's it like trying to build a rideshare company and break into one of the biggest industries? How can you find peace in the now? Well, today's guest is going to answer both of these questions and more as she shares her journey from dropping out of community college to working in the postal service to starting her own businesses. What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? Understandably, a tough question for any 20-something to answer. So join me, your host, Taylor Marks of the Rise Year Podcast, as I talk with some cool people about what they do and occasionally go on long rants of my own about the pains of growing up. Today's guest is Kim Evans, founder and CEO of Just Her Rideshare. I come from humble beginnings. I grew up in a small town in Gastonia, North Carolina. There was alcoholism, verbal and physical abuse in the home. Education was never a priority in our home. In fact, most of my siblings never finished school. They became teenage parents. They married incredibly young, which ultimately you know, resulted in a divorce. In fact, it was even a struggle for me uh, to finish high school. And, you know, so I attended community college and many times often while working two jobs. Wow. You've had quite an upbringing there. What a journey. Yes. Yes. It has been a journey. So what was your trajectory kind of after community college? Like you got out of that, what were you doing? What were you trying to work towards? So great question. So again, I attended community college. I majored in English, but I didn't graduate. Even though I didn't graduate, the time that I spent there kind of prepared me because I I wanted to go into journalism. I wanted to become this news reporter or kind of do corporate training or anything that would allow me to kind of run my mouth because I love to talk. (laughs) So I didn't really have a clear path at that time. I was just trying to figure it out. And as, you know, trying to go to college, you know, and work jobs, a couple of jobs while doing it, then I got kind of stuck in a cycle of then needing to work because I bought my home when I was very young. You know, I had a great job or what we thought was a great job at that time. And so I really didn't have a clear path to what I really, really wanted to do. But yeah, so uh, I've had to figure it out (laughs) ever since then. What have you been doing since? And then we'll kind of get into what you're doing right now. So I I spent like 21 years in the postal service because when, you know, when I was coming up, you know, my parents were like, you know, go get a great job. You know, don't worry about college. Uh, Just go get a job so you can afford to kind of take care of yourself. Built kind of a great life for myself. But then I started around 93, uh, my first business which was in the fashion business. And I loved fashion. (laughs) I loved everything about fashion magazines. I loved going to fashion shows, but it was my first epic fail, but my biggest life lesson. And I I love to talk about that because 
I didn't know a thing about it. I didn't know a thing about business. I didn't know anything, but uh, I launched out because I, I just kind of had that faith. But I learned so much. I learned about manufacturing and distribution and accounting and learned how to negotiate. So I, I learned a lot. And so that was kind of my journey sort of in the early 90s. And then I decided that I would walk away from that after 21 years. And then that's when I started my next business, which was kind of a, a mini call center. So I had this customer support and we just kind of did like entry level work. I would contract work out to contractors and we did billing and technical and quality assurance. And so that's kind of what I was doing until uh, I launched into what I'm doing now. So where'd the idea come from for what you're doing now? Because that's kind of in a different space than all of these other things you've done before. It is. So I'm a business owner, you know, just by nature. I consider myself to be a serial and a social entrepreneur. Launching out into business was very familiar to me. A little over a year ago, actually, I was introduced to this idea into what I'm doing now. I started working on it with a partner and I was, like I said, I was introduced to the idea, but there was no business acumen there. So I was able to go in and sort of structure and, and restart it. And that's how we started in the rideshare industry. Well, that partnership ended abruptly and we mutually decided that we would kind of go our separate ways. And so this company, Just Her Rideshare, was kind of birthed out of that after much, you know, prayer and contemplation and all of these things asking if I should really continue on this journey. Uh, I saw so much uh, a part of who I really am that was tied to this, that I had to continue going. Like I, I just grew this really great passion to continue. So what's your mission, just her rideshare? So our mission is just to provide a safe alternative rideshare for women, with women drivers, for women riders. What we did was we looked at the industry and we saw where there was a culture, a brand, you know, that was being impacted by this whole culture of how women, what their experiences were in the rideshare industry. And so we just wanted to kind of create an alternative. It wasn't to discriminate against men or to say that it was unsafe to ride with all men, but we knew that based on statistics, that this would be a niche market that we could kind of carve out in a huge industry and kind of just solve a problem based on the feedback that we were getting from uh, women. Mm -hmm. So how's, how's it been so far? Is it implemented like out in the world and people are using it or where are you in the process of getting this out there? So we've had some really, really great traction. So I started relaunched just May of this year. Oh, wow. uh, we've been able to pitch on a couple of national platforms. Of course, we were able to structure the business, you know, redo everything. We were able to actually go into product launch. So we started with the app. We've completed the design of the app and we're now into the development of the app and we're going to start testing in a couple of weeks. So how does this experience and using this technology, building this app and trying to get this out there differ from the other businesses that you've run? Very different. So <laughs> again, my husband and I, we own two other active businesses. We own an engineering consulting company and we also own a logistics trucking company. And so we've always kind of bootstrapped, never had to go out and ask anybody for money or anything. So this was very different. First, it was technology that was not my wheelhouse. It was not my area of expertise, but thank goodness I've got amazing people who are helping me navigate through this process. 
it was just one of those things where I said, you know, hey, I see there is a need for it. And even though it may be kind of a small fish in a big pond, I felt like if we scaled the company and if we focused on our mission and our vision, which was to provide the service for women, for them to be able to choose who they wanted to transport them, then we would continue to grow, you know, build great technology, continue to scale the company, listen to our customers. And I had no doubt in my mind that we would be able to kind of focus on our niche market and then kind of build from there. What has been the biggest hurdle that you've had? I guess we could break it down in two parts. So the first part being just your figuring out where you wanted to be. So just whatever you had to overcome to get to that idea, that vision that you had in your head of what you wanted your life to be like. And then the second one could be more focused on just her ride share and getting that up and running and kind of the idea, making it happen. First, I would say for the vision that I had for my life was I always knew that I wanted to do something good while here experiencing this journey of life. I wanted to do something great. My life has always been about service, about community, about serving others. I've taught my children to do the very same thing. But starting out, I just knew that I, there was a place. I just couldn't figure it out. Of course, in my 20s, I just didn't know. But I was open to the challenges of finding out because I knew life was about a journey. I knew it was about experiences. It was about taking risks. And so I didn't know, and, it, and I, I have to be honest and, and very transparent that it wasn't until my late 20s that I really started to kind of figure out like what it was I really wanted to do or, or what I was kind of called to do, like had this really push inside of what I wanted to do. And that's when I found out that I knew it had to be service related. I knew it had to be where I was giving back or pushing someone or empowering someone or mentoring someone. And that's what was important to me. Now, the vision that I wanted for, that I want for just her ride share, again, is to be able to build that community. It kind of, it's full circle for me. It's coming back to that place I love. It's coming back to what I feel is the most organic part of myself, which is when I'm serving others. And that may sound cliche-ish or, you know, a lot of people grew up, you know, just volunteering. But honestly, really, it is that place where I feel like I can be the most productive, where I can serve the most. And so for Just Her Ride Share, I want it to be an extension of that. I want it to be an extension of building community for women to be able to learn and grow and explore and fail and succeed. And we all do it together. What do you think makes you a good entrepreneur? I think what makes me a good entrepreneur is that I am, for one, I, I'm a risk taker. Like I, I will try it. Uh, I am not afraid of failure. I think for one, that's me. Because at one point in my life, I was. I wanted to succeed at everything I did and I would try really hard and I wanted to fit in and I wanted to do everything great. But I'm not afraid of failure because I've learned so much in my failure that has helped me to get from level to level through this journey. And I think because I know the importance of the connection, the connectivity with other human spirits, with other humans who can pour into me, I can pour into them. 
Um, and so I'm not afraid. I'm not intimidated by anyone. I always surround myself by people who are stronger and smarter and who know more and I feed off of it and I love it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So was there a particular moment or event or something that occurred that helped you get over that fear of taking risks or was it just the the accumulation of all of these kind of failures where you kind of just took a note and then took a note and they built up? Yes, perfectly said. I did. It was a learning curve. It was a life lesson. And I realized that each lesson meant something. And I knew that each time there was going to be a new level or something new to learn. And so it was bits and pieces of putting it together. Like I couldn't figure it all out. I wasn't perfect. I, I didn't know a, a lot when I started, but I was able to piece together small things to kind of help me get to the place that I am today, which is in a place of peace that I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to try. And if it fails, I'm going to take the lessons in that and I'm going to be able to grow and go to the next level. And I'm going to keep going and keep going until I'm no longer here. If you had a book written about you, what would the title of the book be? I would say the book would be, you know, going through my 20s, not figuring it out and then reaching 55. I'm 55 <laughs> now. And I would say that over the last 10 years, I have just figured it out. So it would be something like, you know, figuring out life in your 50s <laughs> or, your, or your 40s. I am one of those who feel like that there is more to life than where I am. Like, I don't feel like I have arrived yet. So I was telling my husband that we've been married almost 24 years and that we've raised children together. We've paid mortg uh, mortgages together. We have gone to baseball games and we've traveled and we've made money and we've lost money and we've done all of these things. Our marriages, it's been up and down, but I believe that even after 24 years that we can go into the next level, like with this bliss and this new level of awareness. <laughs> and some yeah. people might think, well, really? <laughs> but yeah, I believe that. And I believe the same thing about business and about, that's my approach to everything. Like there is more and I'm going to find out what that more is. From your perspective then, how will you know or what would cause you to kind of think about it and kind of say, okay, I've arrived or will you ever arrive? Or is it kind of like the pursuit of chasing greatness or whatever that idea is in your head? I would say that I've never arrived, but a place of arrival to me would be peace, right? So mm -hmm. whatever I'm experiencing, whatever journey I'm on, whether it is failure or success, if I have peace with it, knowing that I've done the best that I could do and that perhaps it was not in God's plan for me, then I'm at peace with it. And then I feel like I've arrived to that point. I believe that if you're, you know, a person who's always chasing more and more to get more and more, then you're never going to be at a place of peace because I don't think you're ever going to be happy. You have to be able to be happy with things that you accomplish and even things that you may not accomplish, but the fact that you've learned and you've grown and you've experienced, I think that's what's important. What are you most proud of that you've either done or had a part of in your life? I would say I'm most proud of being a great mother and a great wife. I would say raising my sons and, you know, trying to nurture my family, although we're not perfect, I would say that I'm proud to have been a part of that journey. I would have to say that I'm, a pr I'm proud that I have arrived 
to a level of awareness within myself, this level of consciousness that I am valued, that I am important because I haven't always been there as a young woman. I struggled with insecurities. I looked fabulous on the outside, but on the inside, I was living a lie because I felt inadequate because of my education, because of my upbringing. I, on the outside, I felt like I could take on the world, but on the inside, I was telling myself, you're not good enough. You're not educated enough. You don't have this. You don't have that. So I would say another thing that I'm most proud of is that as I've grown and as I've evolved, that I'm happy within myself with knowing that I wasn't per perfect. I was vulnerable, a lot of times scared, but that I know that I'm valued. So I'm proud of that. Kind of evolving, you know. Yeah, no, I would say that's a very important thing. And the way you just spoke about it was very touching. How has your journey been with having that? Like you, you went to school, but then ultimately didn't finish, but you're still very, very successful. So has that affected your career trajectory and getting jobs or just, you know, claiming your space wherever you want to make your mark? I would say for me, it's personal. I allowed my education to hold me back. I knew that I had this amazing personality, bubbly. I'm a people person. And I always... I always held myself back because of that, because I thought it was required. And back in, in my day, it was required. It was like, where did you go to school? It was, that was the first thing. And so that feeling of inadequacy that I talked about earlier, that was the one thing, the one single thing that I allowed to hold me back. So if I had to do it all over again, I, I would finish college because I think that based on what people tell us we need, it would have been what I needed at that time to be successful. However, I feel very differently now. I don't think that you should go to college just for that because that was the American dream. You graduate high school, you go to college, you get a job, you get in a lot of student uh, debt, and then you spend yeah. the next 10 years paying for it. Young people are very different now. I would do it, but I would do it for a different reason. I would do it for the growth, the journey and the experiences and getting a great job and earning money would be a fringe benefit to that. If somebody were to ask you what education meant to you, what would you say? For me personally, I would say it meant the difference of working a job, earning $55,000 a year. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to focus a little bit on the money because this was the perspective I had then versus making a six-figure salary as maybe in a corporate job. So I would say for me, education is then, but now it's not just about the money. It's more about the experience and the level of awareness that you can have while you're on this journey. It's your own path. Be open to explore other things. And if you don't know what you want to do, then don't stress over it. Just go in and figure it out along the way. One of the things, though, you have to remember is that if you try it and you don't like it, the most important thing I always say is don't lose the lesson, because mm. if you lose the lesson, then likely you're going to try it again and you're going to lose again and you're going to try again, you're going to lose again. But if you learn the lesson, then that lesson helps you to, even if you tried it again, you know, to do it differently, you know, to take a different path. If you had 30 to 60 seconds to describe to a complete stranger what you do, what would you say? First of all, I'm a servant of others. Um, I love community. I am a business owner. I am a social entrepreneur. And if I 
had to talk about my business, if I were giving my elevator pitch, I would tell them, or I would ask them if they knew that over the last several years, there have been over 10,000 reported assaults against women within the top rideshare companies. I would, you know, we're building a community of women taking care of women in this industry. And it is a multi-billion dollar industry, but even though we're not all profit driven, we want to be able to provide a safe alternative ride share for women drivers with women drivers for women riders so that they can be able to choose, you know, who they want to transport them and also a safe environment for them to earn income. And it's not to say that, you know, uh, men are unsafe. It's just that based on statistics, we know that there is an issue and we want to create a place for women to have that alternative. So. Dang. On the spot. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> what are two pros and two cons to what you currently do? For the pros, because I'm a, a serial and a social entrepreneur, I get to create new ways. I get to, you know, have new ideas and new experiences. I get to take risks because I love community and I love service. Um, I get to connect with amazing souls that I can actually pour into and mentor and help build and also get that back because I receive a lot as well. But more importantly, just to connecting this community of women in this industry, that, that's, that really, you know, pumps me up. So I love that part. The cons, I would say by far, being a black uh, woman founder, raising capital in this industry. Like it's super, super hard. Like again, we have two active businesses uh, in our family. We've been business owners for over 20 years. You know, my husband runs those other businesses and we've had to bootstrap our businesses. We've never gone and got a loan, not even a small business mm -hmm. loan. I think one time I did get a, a micro loan, but it, it was like 5,000, I think. And I, I paid it back right away, <laughs> but I've never had to go and ask people to believe in me and give mm -hmm. me their hard earned money. And that's been really weird for me, kind of in an eye opening experience. And also, I would say the second part of that is connecting the right team and mentors. Like mentors are so important. We got into industries where we never needed people to kind of guide us through processes. We kind of knew based on the industry that we're in, what was needed, what we did. We built it from our own experiences. But mentorship is so important. And because this business was birthed out of a broken partnership, there's a level of cautiousness for me, you know, as I continue kind of to build my core team, I would say that's the con. It's the raising capital as a black founder, a minority uh, founder, and then also building a great team or knowing who to trust, who to bring in, who's going to have the same vision with different ideas, but kind of the same trajectory of where you're going and, you know, for your core team. So yeah, those two things. Okay. So as a black female founder, would you say that the biggest hurdle is getting your foot in the door and just having them listen? Or what is the biggest struggle that you've had with this process? So that's a great question. Um, getting my foot in the door has not been a problem. Like I've had this uh, amazing favor to get into the door. Like I've had an opportunity to pitch the business on a couple of national platforms. I've had an opportunity to sit with CEOs and all around the country and, and talk to them about the business. And so that hasn't been the problem. I think the problem is it still goes back to somewhat of this validation of who I am. It's the value that you see in me. 
you know it's a good business, you, or at least you tell me that it's a good business, <laughs> it's a great idea, but just you seeing the value in me enough to invest, you know, to write the check, because everybody says it's a great idea, but that means very little until you actually write the check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but I've, I've been uh, afforded some really great opportunities right now. I'm in UNC Charlotte, their Venture Prize Fall co- Cohort Program. I'm in there doing some customer discovery. I was accepted into CED, which is a mentorship out of the Raleigh-Durham area, the triad area for a group of executives, retired and active investors and angels, and and they're going to mentor me through this process. So I'm very honored to have that. So I've had some opportunities to get my foot in the door. And everybody says, you know, you do a great job pitching. I get the business idea, but I need that to translate into some some money, (laughs) some capital. (laughs) The important stuff to keep it going. So we can get moving and do this amazing thing, you know? Yeah. Words can only take you so far. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) What does an average day look like for you? Oh, an average day. So I start at about 5.15 in the morning with a four mile walk with my husband and we do it five days a week, uh, even in the rain. So, I mean, we're, we're just, we've become, you know, kind of fanatics about it now. And then on the weekends we do about six to seven miles. So I'm literally, I've literally walked holes in a pair of shoes that I have and that's no, no lie. But after my walk, Taylor, I typically spend time in devotion and prayer, kind of centering myself, just trying to figure out the day because sometimes I can get overwhelmed. I do try to journal my gratitudes once a day. And again, like we talked about earlier, I try to read something in my industry whether it's my Google alerts that I'm getting from rideshare industry or something motivational or spiritual. And then I typically will go right into like just responding to, you know, my emails and uh, crossing off things that I have to do, uh, whether it's a meeting, whether it's a pitch that I'm pitching or whatever, or, you know, working in my industry to kind of, you know, keep moving toward my goals. And then or either chasing somebody down for funding. <laughs> <laughs> chasing them down. I like it. If you had 24 hours to live, unlimited money, and could travel anywhere at the snap of your fingers, and you could bring anyone you wanted with you, what would you do? Maybe the Fiji Islands, a place that I want to go. I've never been. And I would absolutely take my husband because we um, have this great connection as it relates to travel and food and fun. Uh, We are fanatics about good food, uh, good fun. We love to dance. We love great wine. And I would spoil him rotten. There we go. That sounds awesome. What childhood you, so you, you know, 8, 10, 12, whatever age you want to pick, would you be happy with where you are now and what you're doing? I would say around the age of maybe eight that I would be, because I was, I was a ballerina. I loved to play the piano at that time. I don't play anymore, but I did at that time. And I felt like in this peaceful state, like I, I felt like I was in my element there, if that makes sense. And I'm not sure if I'm Mm -hmm. answering it correctly, but at eight, I would be like where I am now, because now I'm at a place of peace. I'm at a place of acceptance. I'm at a place of, you know, life is about a journey and I'm put here on earth to walk this journey, not perfect, but flawed and vulnerable and all of that. And that gives me peace. That gives me peace of knowing that I can fail and still succeed in failure. That So I would have to say that. And that was around the age where I loved to dance. Like I loved ballet. 
And so I would have to say, does that make sense? Is, is that yeah. like what you're asking? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that essentially, that is a very interesting and unique way to answer that question because most of the time when it is asked and then answered, the answer is like, oh, yes, you know, I wanted to, I don't know, be a fire, firefighter, whatever it was. But the way you're describing it, like yours is based off of a feeling that you had when you were eight and you are relating it to at 55, you had the same feeling and totally different like realm of what you're doing, but you're able to take that as a kid and then translate it to now. Yes, yes, absolutely. I, and I would say that it has a lot to do with being in a, in a peaceful place. Like you can remember the moments because some of my childhood was very volatile, you know, and, and so the peace, you know, that I, I felt when I would be dancing or when I had recitals and where I am now as an adult woman, as a woman who is, has and is still evolving, I'm really, really serious about walking the rest of my life in peace take my money you can take a lot of things but i refuse to allow you to take the peace that i have if that if that makes sense yeah it does not to not to get too deep but no. I, i'm really he, huge on just being in a place of peace at whatever life is i just i'm going to find peace in it hmm. no i think that's awesome it's very hard to find that but i think once you do you're just on a completely different mental state and no matter what you do, it'll be okay. But you have to reach that point. But like, I commend you and like, that is amazing. So what's next, either personally, professionally, what do you want to do or what do you see the future or just her ride share? Okay, so what's next for us as it relates to business? We'll be launching a great product. We'll be marketing it so that we can build this community an amazing platform and community for women. Also, you know, we don't discriminate. Like men will be a part as well. Like we're not excluding men, but I, I talk about the building of the community of women because that's where my passion is as well. So I, I see that being next for the business. I see us scaling the business with a possible exit strategy in mind. Like I'm 55. I always say I have more years behind me than in front of me. <laughs> There's so many other things that I want to do in life, but I love building businesses. I love mentoring. I love teaching. I love facilitating. So I see us scaling the business to a point to where we could possibly uh, move into an acquisition or an IPO. I'm good either way. And then personally for myself, I just see myself continuing to evolve. I see myself continuing to become the best version of myself, doing any and everything I can to be of service to others. My two takeaways from my conversation with Kim are first, keep walking. This is both a literal reference and a metaphorical reference because Kim likes to walk a lot, but also metaphorical because Kim knows that there's so many things that she wants to do in her life. Granted, she is 55, but that doesn't matter. You know, she's starting this rideshare company now, but in the future, there are more things, more companies, more people, you know, that she wants to start and she wants to connect with. And she realizes this. So she tries to build these experiences up in a way where she can focus on what she's currently doing and that 
her future thoughts don't derail her from that but it's kind of like a taster you know she said she was at peace with where she is just peace in life and that's an amazing mindset to have because she's able to be comfortable where she is and if nothing were to change it would be okay but she believes in herself and her skills and she just knows that there is more for her to do she's not done number two age is just a number and most people at 55 would presume you know they got another 10 years until retirement and then they're gonna hang out and putz around and you know maybe there's grandkids at that point and they're traveling but in Kim's mind there's so many ideas that she needs to work on whether it's companies she needs to build or people she needs to mentor some sort of service and giving back to her community she knows this and she doesn't let her age stop her from wanting to accomplish these goals Thank you.